welcome back. It's been a while. Um, so we were just talking about how Michelle's booked out more than Beyonce's concerts because I she opened a calendar for us to figure out dates to do things, and there was like there were dots on each date, like almost every single date she was busy, and we're meant to be on break right now. I'm just trying to catch up with all the things I've pushed off, like pushed away because of uni and because of exams. But we're here and we are doing this episode. What's it about? Tell the people. Relationships and love. Two things that the brown community does not like to discuss. So it's more about how we've been impacted by them and how our experience as women of the brown culture have definitely shaped our expectations coming into relationships and how we behave around our partners particularly in a public setting in terms of like the i guess the relationships that we have seen growing up generally there's not that much expression like physically um, in brown communities you don't see your parents kiss or hug or do things like that so the expression of love i think that's the way that i've been conditioned because i didn't really feel comfortable doing those things either in a relationship and i think it's largely because of what i saw and what i didn't see obviously you're you grew up witnessing quite a different i suppose like relationships than perhaps what i witnessed even though for both of us, there wasn't really necessarily that physical affection that we witnessed. I think before this year, even the prospect of love and being able to love someone and, you know, the whole idea of being in love just seemed so foreign to me. It's like a fantasy. And it almost seemed naive to believe in that sort of thing. When I saw people my age doing those things like being in love and wanting to do very couple things I was just like why like this is dumb you know it's probably gonna end but I don't think unless you've experienced being in love and being in a relationship I think it's very hard for you to understand where a lot of these people are coming from and like you said before how it makes it a bit more understandable how people get roped into toxic situations with relationships and keep coming back to this person. It's because the feeling of being loved and being in love, it's very drug-like. It's an addiction almost, and you enjoy doing it. And sometimes when you leave, like a lot of things, you remember it with rose-colored lenses and you're only thinking of the good parts. I think one of the biggest things that I realised growing up was that obviously now everyone talks about love languages but honestly I think we've grown up knowing there are so many more love languages than just physical expression of love like food is such a big one in the Indian community like cooking for people I think that's like the biggest love language that I see in my community actually The thing with that love language though I think it's also forced upon you. Almost like if, particularly if you're a woman in the brown community, you're expected to know how to cook and you're expected to know how to clean and stuff like that. But I think, first of all, those are traits I think every individual should have to a certain extent just to be self-sufficient. But 
I also think there are situations where you might not necessarily want to do things like that for your family. Like you might not want to cook for the family. You might rather your brother do it or your younger sister or someone else or your mom or your dad. Mm. So when it becomes an expectation, I think sometimes the love part of it can get lost in translation. I think I'm talking about people who I know love cooking and who yeah. like you go to their house and they will like willingly want to cook for you. Yeah. Or they'll go to someone's house and they'll bring food because that's their love language. Yeah, that's different. That I agree. That is generally a community loves food. Yeah. And that's how we show that we care about a person. We want to make sure they're okay. But I think I'm talking more about when people, you know, come over to the house and stuff like that. Yeah. Our family does want to, you know, show love in that sort of form. But the person that's doing it might not necessarily want to do it. I think it's so difficult in the Indian community because the idea of expressing your love for someone is really tied to this idea of subordination, I guess, being a woman anyway. It's kind of like acts of service that are not your preferred love language. Like, it's forced acts of service. I was actually listening to this other podcast and they were talking about the love languages. And she was saying that her partner's love language, the way he likes to receive love, is acts of service. But for her, to give love in that way is so difficult because the the idea of acting for someone in service is so tied with trauma. So she has to sort of unlearn that, which I think is really interesting and also really quite prevalent, perhaps, for a lot of Indian women in, the, in our community. Um, the idea that giving an act of service is being tied with expectation, like you said, and so... It's not really, like, the way that they want to show love. It's kind of what they've been forced to do. But I guess that's why open communication is really important. And it's good that we're getting more language around, I guess, relationships and trying to understand how people are in relationships and how people love in relationships. It just gives people, I guess, the language to talk about openly with their partners, which I think is the most important thing. The other big thing at our age, you know, being twenty twenty one, is it going to last? Is it a waste of time to have a relationship now? I think that it's an experience and that at every stage of your life, you're going to have new experiences and you're going to have different outlooks on life. And I feel like if you do find someone who's worth your time, I don't think you should let that opportunity slip just because it might be a waste of time. Because I don't think it's a waste of time. I think it's an experience no matter what stage of life it happens. And each relationship teaches you something different about yourself you don't have to date to get to marriage but that is so different to how our parents and older generations saw it it was never dating was always to get married if you even date at all mine had three dates and they got married after that and I'm like okay well I'm not gonna do like I had to like tell my parents repeatedly you know people have at least like seven different situationships or relationships till they actually find the one and they're like uh no and I'm like uh yes I'm not I don't know what's gonna happen in my life I don't know how it's gonna go but it's unlikely that you'll just find one person at the start and that person will be your forever person Mm. I think some people some people date someone for like two years or three years and then after that they're just like I don't want to end this because I've already invested time I think that's a big big thing 
But that goes back to experiences and learning and you're no longer in the same place that you are at the start yeah. compared to now. I think the biggest thing is realising that in, at every point in your life you're going to grow and you're either going to grow with that person or grow apart. And either, like, either outcome is really quite possible. But just accepting that you have sort of grown apart. I just think relationships are never really about um, you trying to mould your life to fit fit theirs. Like, obviously, you have to make sacrifices. But you trying to Yeah, you trying to mould your life to fit theirs and them trying to mould their life to fit yours. I think it's generally you make these little compromises here and there. But generally, you're both living your own lives and it either just grows together or it doesn't. Um, but I, I think it, the way relationships are presented on Instagram, for example, which is the complete opposite to how they've been presented growing up, there is such a show of it. It's like, if you don't show your love to the world, it must not be real. That's the sense that I get sometimes when I'm, I mean, not that I even follow people like those Instagram famous people anymore at all, but I think that was kind of the way it was portrayed a lot of the time being conditioned in that way that that is love that is true love Mm. you know having like an open expression of love and etc yeah when you're conditioned that way and then you see the relationships around you particularly in a brown community it's unspoken there's no communication about love you know we don't even see couples in our community holding hands particularly those we grew up around so seeing that and seeing that it should almost be normal was a bit jarring. And I think that's what made me think it's all like a fantasy. Because the ones we did see that were open about their emotions and how true love was displayed, it was always like on TV or it was on um, social media. It was never something I truly saw. And when I did see it, like I did see people holding hand or being really cutesy together and all that kind of stuff, I thought it couldn't be real. Mm. Like it's something, it was a passing emotion, it was a passing phase, and they're both naive to be in that position. What do you think now? Having had more experiences, I think you can really be in love and you can have different ways of communicating that love and the emotions and the feelings to do with that entire scenario can be really strong but at the same time you don't have to be open to the general public you don't have to display PDA because you don't have to prove your love to anyone but at the same time it's normal for you to want to like hold someone's hand and for you don't want to actually participate in PDA and PDA being stigmatized in the brown community is a bit harmful, I feel like, to the youth in our community because they feel like it's wrong then. You almost feel embarrassed. Yeah. I think there's a great sense of shame and embarrassment with expressing your love. And it doesn't just pertain to romantic relationships. I think just the way women in the community are treated in general they are just expected to sort of get on with things without expressing a lot of emotion, period. Whether that's love, whether that's sadness, just anything. Anger, you just put on a straight face and you do what you're told to do. Particularly in my household, tears have been seen as a sign of weakness. And 
you get scolded if tears come out and you start crying and tearing up because to them that's like you're being weak we don't like that change that stop that you know perhaps the idea i'm just like hypothesizing but perhaps the idea of expressing love is seen as a weakness because you're seen as being maybe like dependent or like you're opening up it kind of does fit in with the other way like the general don't express emotion don't cry i guess it's just another emotion there's just a real sense of of being kind of stoic and yeah it's really harmful it's really harmful because when you're navigating that in your own life and you haven't seen people be open and honest i guess about about love and relationships you don't really know who to turn to you don't really know who to talk to you kind of just carry the burden of that on your own shoulders and I think it can be really overwhelming sometimes relationships are just they're roller coasters I feel like it's just really hard when you don't have someone guiding you in a a little bit oh just guiding you through that period of your life where you do sort of experience relationships if you don't have like a, a parental or guardian sort of figure being like, you know, it's okay, it's just an experience or whatever, you just don't really know if you're doing the right thing. You kind of question everything. And it's, it's like what you said, you sort of just question what's the point. And the brand community especially, it's like you're not encouraged to be open about your relationships. In fact, even if you're in a relationship, you're likely to be frowned upon. As particularly at this age, everyone has some sort of judgment to make on that predicament and it's not well-meaning advices and it could go either way it's usually them trying to push you to get out of the relationship because it's just not worth your time it's because they feel like your priority should be on studying or career but i don't think it's that black and white there's actually a balance and you can kind of do both but maybe that's just a bit of a new concept I don't know I guess back in our parents times it was kind of like okay whatever finish school get married that's it like for women I guess for men if you had a chance at a career like good for you for a bit then get married that's it but it was kind of like one after the other if that makes sense like it was not so much as being able to balance both like the early stages of a relationship balanced with going into a new career I feel like I feel like you have to sort of establish yourself first and then get married if you were going to have a career at all I think particularly being descendants of immigrants I think that their mentality was like you need to study hard so you get a good job so you have a steady income because coming in as immigrants obviously they wouldn't have had the leisure that we have now they wouldn't have had the freedom and the space But they have to sort of start to understand that this is a different time and we are threading on pretty safe waters. They do have to trust us to know that we've got some kind of direction or some kind of plan involved as well. But I don't think that we should 90% or 100% just work now with our time and just study 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 to get to a good place then because i feel like that's their mentality a lot of the time study hella hard now and then once you start working then you can have your free time but then once you start working there's also the mortgage and utility bills and a lot of us already have this now if not later on in life but 
with the brown community again. Most of us tend to stay with our parents till after marriage or we move out a lot later in life. And in those cases, that's the stuff we'll be worried about then too. At every stage, we're going to have something to be worried about. So I don't think we should just fully spend this time on just those aspects of our life. I think also the problem with that kind of thinking is that it assumes you end up at a point at which you're just fully satisfied. I think if you go into it thinking, oh, but I'll do this, I end up here, and when I'm here, I'll be satisfied, that's literally never going to work, in my experience anyway. I don't think that kind of thinking ever works because you you just glorify this end point that you're going to be at. And truthfully, life never works out like that. Something always happens, so you kind of just have to really embrace that. And yeah, like you said, live the experiences. I think my parents are a lot more... uh, open to sort of that idea now just sort of living like living experience living the experiences and they sort of understand that 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 thinking that you know work now get a good job get a good job get a good house get a good house (laughs) etc etc i don't think they think like that which is i guess it's good it's good because it's it's easier to have conversations with them about these things i think mine are so pretty far off from getting rid of that idea i think they definitely believe in experiences and experiences that shape you as a person and in the community etc but not just having fun i feel like that's a bit of a tough pill to swallow that you can have fun two days in a row <laughs> something <laughs> like i can't go out two nights in a row those kind of things i'm not saying i'm gonna go on a bender for three all weeks you know but even tiny things like that, I think you should trust me to make my own decisions. You know, look at the track record. If my track record hasn't been that bad, make a reasonable judgment. So, what's your, what's the biggest thing you've learnt about relationships? That's a really hard question. Like, I don't even know what I would answer to that. To me, it was like what we said. It can be real. Like, it's anybody can be roped into those emotions yeah. and feel those emotions that strongly. For context, like, we both we both felt like we were people who just would not be capable <laughs> of loving. <laughs> just because we thought we were a bit cold-hearted, <laughs> but then we both made this realisation that, oh, we actually can. <laughs> like, oh, it did happen. <laughs> okay. That's a good lesson. Like, anybody can be in love. Like, I had this really prejudiced or bigoted idea that dumb people get in love. Like, only dumb people get to be in love or something like that. Because they're always like, oh, I'm so in love all the time. And, you know, I'm doing a lot of cringy stuff. And I was like, okay, let's see how long that pans out. Obviously. Obviously, I didn't tell them, but like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they're going to laugh that long. But it's not even about that. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's what... That's the shift. That's the shift in mentality. And me too. I used to always be like, what's the point? Nothing's going to last. But I think the shift is you come out of that with lessons and experiences that you're never going to get from anything else. Like, I'm telling you that shit is transformative. You're living life that's what you're doing you're living life but you're learning how to live being vulnerable 
being open, being raw, and also how to live with somebody else. Not like physically, as in not physically living with you in the same house, but how to like Even make your lives, you know, work together to see if they can work together. And like, it teaches you so much about communication because the moment emotions are involved, your ability to communicate clearly is so hindered. So that is such a big lesson as well. And I think it's just invaluable experiences. And I really hope that, you know, if I were to have kids one day, I would be able to sort of instill in them that this is an experience that's going to teach you so much and nothing else in life will. Just embrace it. And yes, there's obviously the risk of, of getting hurt. But if you think about everything you've learned from it and the ways it's going to make you grow, it's kind of worth it. I also think we get so taken up by the mundane tasks in our life, like just working all the time or studying all the time or doing our daily tasks that we are meant to accomplish that we forget to live life and Mm. we forget that life is meant to be lived. I think relationships are a part of living that life. You're not working towards living your life. You should be living your life regardless. Yeah. I think we forget that we have like a whole limbic system in our brains that's catered towards letting us feel and experience emotions. Like it's human to feel emotions and these type of emotions. We're meant to feel them. We we were built like that. It's not something you can just um, cut off easily. And even with, I guess, our parents' generation and and older generations, they've, they've been conditioned to perhaps suppress those emotions or even in some cases they didn't end up with the people that they did love um but i just wonder you know when like people try and force their children into arranged marriages but they themselves are in arranged marriage and okay they don't visibly seem happy you wonder is there not sort of that part of you that realizes that maybe you yourself are not happy and you're gonna then push that on to somebody else but i also think kind of like us they don't really know what they're missing until they properly experience it that's facts i don't think i fully didn't realize the power of like i guess loving someone i just thought like i literally thought it was jokes yeah i thought it was actual jokes and then i was like damn um i guess because I don't think they understand, like, a lot of our older generations, particularly the ones that had arranged arranged marriages, I'm not saying they're not in love right now, or they're not experiencing that love to a certain extent. I think a lot of them grew to love. But I don't know if a lot of them grew to love or just grew to be comfortable. True. I feel like for older, older generations, it may be more towards the comfort. I think a lot of them also attribute love to the idea of family. Yeah. And sacrifice. Yeah. The fact that they're going to be there for each other, that's what they put up as love. Which is an aspect Mm. of love. But the other emotions involved with it, like the intimacy and the... Not necessarily physical intimacy, yeah. like emotional intimacy. Yeah. Those kind of aspects. I don't think you can truly get that unless you're in love. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of them understand why people at our age feel so strongly about, say, their partner or someone else. 
I don't think they understand that because they've never experienced it themselves. I think that love is largely seen as a duty in the brown community, whereas we kind of view it as a choice. We don't view it as us owing anything to anyone, owing, um, like you said, needing to be there for someone because we owe that to them. It's because we want to. I think that's really a big difference in the way that, that we view it compared to like our families. Granted, but, there's no right or wrong way. Like It's not like the way that, w- that we view love and relationships is right, but it's just the way that makes us happy. That's it. But can you choose who you love? No, but you can choose who you want to be with because a relationship is not just about love. Love is one aspect. There's a whole ass other aspect. Aspect. Oh, there's a whole ass other aspect, and that is compatibility and respect. I think. So you might not be able to choose who makes you feel that that feeling that you just can't even describe. But you can definitely choose who you know you end up with for whatever reason. I don't think love is enough. Period. Love is not enough to sustain a relationship. I'd rather be respected than loved. if there's love if i'm truly in love with someone and even being with like different situationships in the past no matter how strongly i feel for you if i don't feel respected i'm out of there yeah because that's so important that's i feel like that's something that's integral to every relationship there's also a lot of pressure though I think for our generation as well, there's a lot of pressure to be in a relationship or to get married at a certain age from parents, from social media, from media in general, that it can be quite easy to just, I guess, settle by your own standards, that is. Oddly enough, my parents only expect me to get married at 29 or 30 which is relatively late, Mm. you would think. They prize Korea more than they do these other stuff. But I'm also pretty sure they want to arrange my marriage. You do feel the weight when it comes to who you're dating. They want specific, they have specific conditions and criteria. Like, they have to be a certain religion and have to speak a certain language, do this, do that. And the person you might feel really compatible with I not have those certain things, but they're compatible with you, not compatible with your parents. With your parents, <laughs> so that's a whole other ball game. It is a whole ball game because obviously everyone, you know, not everyone knows, but we all know that in Indian communities, when you're marrying the other person, you're marrying their family. So the family compatibility is such a big factor, and that's another thing that we have to grapple with, and often I guess challenge. It's honestly, I think to be in a relationship when you're from an Indian background, there are so many hurdles and most of those hurdles are just not even related to the actual relationship itself. It's all these other circumstantial things that you have to climb over. It's it's a feat. <laughs> it's seriously a big feat. It's like you've got the family and then you've got the extended family and then you've got the relationship with the in-laws and then you've got the relationship of between your parents and your in-laws. Oh, that's such a big one. <sighs> and all of those things are, in a lot of circumstances, make or break. 
unless sometimes unless you just choose a relationship over your parents sometimes it can definitely come down to that which is a whole other thing i think you're not gonna please everyone no matter what you do there's always gonna be something that's not right i mean say you go down the path of an arranged marriage or something right and your parents are over the moon because of that but then a year later your parents might want you to have kids and you might not want to have kids then you have that issue and then you might not be happy with the partner they've picked for you then you've got that problem and then you've got the problem of whether you want to stay with your parents or whether or in the vicinity of your parents or whether you want to move away you know there's always going to be some kind of issues and there's always going to be someone or some auntie or some uncle that's going to be standing on the side like at the side of your wedding being like i still don't like this i still don't like the guy you're always going to have some kind of issues obviously i guess the path of least resistance would be to follow what your parents want but you're going to feel a certain type of way I can't speak for everyone. Some people might be more than happy to do that. But I'm the kind of person that my autonomy is very important to me. And making decisions and following a path that I have picked is very important. I'd rather deal with the consequences of my mistakes than another person's mistake. That's a very foreign concept in the brown community. Because your choice is never just your choice. It's the family's choice. Exactly. Because if you do something wrong, the rest of the community are, pro- are probably going to say something like, look how your parents raised you. Why didn't your mom raise you right? Why didn't your dad raise you right? Usually it's mom. Mm. Didn't your mother raise you right? Following them outwardly might be the path of least resistance, but to yourself and upon self-reflection, I just, for me personally, I just would not be happy with that. I think also there'd be so much regret. It's really, regret is, is really hard to live with. And what if we think about cheating? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do you know how many brown couples I know? Put up with it? Yeah. I think it's because obviously the stigma surrounding divorce, but also... When you've built this much of a life with somebody, the thought of having to live without them or even start again with all the stigma attached as being a divorcee is just worse in their minds than being cheated on. Also, the fact that it's easier for sort of men to do as they want (laughs) in a relationship and obviously have that commanding position in a brown brown actually in any community arguably and women just sort of don't really have a voice really like even if you were to confront your husband about it I'm not sure where that conversation would really go other than mind your own business type of thing but I think that's changing I definitely think our generation doesn't put up with that stuff as much I still think, like, with certain people, we both know they will put up with the pretenses. They will put up with these sort of situations to present a glamorous outlook when it comes to their life. That's true. I think a lot of people also do that because they think having a relationship makes them more than. 
makes them more worthy is kind of like a flex so they put up with a lot just to be able to say I'm in a relationship or to be able to show that they are in a relationship that's another thing showing your relationship displaying your relationship on social media is that a good thing or a bad thing I think it's fine. Do what you want, but do it because you genuinely want to and it's coming from a good place. Do it because you're like, oh, I just love this person and I just want to post them because they make me happy rather than I just want to flex to the internet that I'm in a relationship. Or just do it if you want anyway, period. Like, I'll just mute your story. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really good or bad because... I mean, oh, that's hard. I think it, the bad aspect is that it potentially contributes to this whole social pressure and the glorification of relationships that I think is, is really rampant on, like, on social media today more than ever. But for the individual themselves, whether it's good or bad, I mean, if you're doing it from an empty place, I think that's, it's not bad that you've done that, but you're just in a bad position, period. Um, but then I guess, like, me viewing it is a good or bad i'm just indifferent really i think it's also more open to judgment once it's out there because everyone has a say on everything not that you should care i think take it into account but don't take it as bible i think personally for me i would always keep it low-key just because of what you said i don't really want other people knowing my business i don't really want other people's opinions either because opinions make things worse other than the opinions of people who matter to me. And those people who matter to me, I'm not going to learn about my relationship through social media. Obviously, I'm going to tell them. And my parents, really. That's it. But everyone can can go about it the way they want. I just think it has to be the way that you want. Like, I think if you're being influenced by it, sort of a disingenuous factor, then I think that's an issue. I think if you want to do it, you should just do it. Yeah, I think you. Should, I think people should be able to use their social media the way they want, providing, provided that they're not hurting people. And I think there's a difference between you viewing relationships on social media and feeling some type of way, that's a you problem, versus someone posting it in a malicious way, if that makes sense. So that differentiation is kind of important. I don't think it's... As long as people are not posting things irresponsibly or recklessly or, you know, obviously the bigger your platform, you have to be even more mindful with what you post, which is like factual accuracy, for example. As long as you're not really harming harming people in that sense, I think you can post and use your social media however you want. Yeah, I think sometimes more than the judgment it's also time it's time consuming when other people pass judgment on you and then you have to have a conversation about it that's just not worth your time sometimes but also if you have those kind of people on your feed maybe you should remove them exactly i feel like that's more the fundamental thing rather than being afraid of being judged it's just like why are these people in your life at all why do these people have anything to do with you at all maybe that's the bigger issue and honestly like a healthy person who's looking who's following somebody's content they don't like will unfollow will mute will do that rather than i don't know judging i talk shit about talking shit someone who's 
emotionally mature will take that step. What about this this idea that we the people preach self-love, you have to love yourself first. Because that is such a token that gets thrown around. It's like a buzz phrase. Like, you have to love yourself first before you get into a relationship. What are your thoughts on that? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay. I believe in that to a certain extent. Yeah. I think that you should love yourself and have self-respect to a certain extent. I don't believe you're ever going to reach like 100% self-love. You're always going to have like 90%, 80%, maybe even 60%, 40% days. You're going to have shit days. You're going to have days where you look in the mirror and you're like, what the fuck is this? But Do you have those days, bro? Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also going to have days where I am this person. Like, I am amazing and I love myself. Are those your majority days? Yes. <laughs> those are all my days. But um, I think... I think you have to feel self-love and you have to have self-respect. I think you have to have those things to be in a relationship. But I don't think you have to, like, fill the bar in both parts, in both aspects, you know? I don't think you have to love every single aspect of your life and every single aspect of you because that's not very likely to happen all the time. But if you go in as someone who's feeling really broken inside and someone who just doesn't is struggling i feel like it's gonna put you in a toxic relationship and you're either gonna get dependent or you're gonna be easily manipulated and i feel like that's a dangerous game to play yeah i completely agree that's what i was gonna say as well i don't think there's some epitome of self-love you have to reach before you can be in a relationship people can truly bring out the best in you and help you love yourself more like I think you can definitely be in a healthy relationship where actually you come out of it loving yourself more than going into it I think there are points in your life where you really are just not ready for a relationship as opposed to points in your life where you are definitely ready if that makes sense um but I think what you said about when you have like no self-love and no self-respect and you go into a relationship it's very there's a possibility that it will become toxic and unhealthy that's that's really true because you're loving sort of from like a place of deficiency so you're looking for someone to sort of like complete all those things as opposed to complement them and add them and 100 you become attached but i think the difference between attachment and like a healthy loving relationship as well it's quite a fine line but it's, there's definitely a line <laughs> that's another thing how long you guys have been together is not a testament to how healthy your relationship is. I think you can be together for 10 years and still be in a pretty toxic relationship or an unhealthy relationship. And again, toxic is a word that's thrown around a lot. But by toxic, I mean damaging to both people, damaging, highly damaging to one person. I feel like you could be in a relationship where one person is getting everything they want and another person is left in the dark so time is time doesn't really mean anything it's experiences i think the more that you understand yourself and the more that you know yourself the better your relationships will be the higher your standards will be the the people that you'll attract are going to be more on your wavelength just the overall better quality of life you live really i think that's like the foundation for everything a big part of this idea of love is also knowing when to let go because I think it's what you just said before holding on to something past its 
due date doesn't mean you love that person more than kind of letting them go and letting you guys go on your own paths. Do you believe if it's meant to be, it's meant to be? Yes Mm. and no. Mm. I feel like the thing with that phrase is it's the idea that if you keep holding on, it will happen. Exactly. Or it's the idea that if you don't do anything, it will happen. But there has to be some kind of effort and commitment and someone has to make a first move somewhere. But you also have to know when to cut your losses. Exactly. It's hard because if it's meant to be, it's it's meant to be. The thing with that phrase as well is a lot of the times in our gut, we get a sense that something's not meant to be. We ignore it and we keep persisting with it. We convince ourselves that it is meant to be. So even with that, it's sort of like, it's such an empty phrase. Like, at what point do you let go? You know, it is, it's not really practical. It's kind of just, it doesn't say, it says a whole lot without really saying anything. That's, that's what I think about that phrase. I mean, I do think things do work out in the end. And I guess if that's what it means by, if it's meant to be, it will be. Maybe. I think it's important to be self-aware and to know when you're feeling a lot more shit than you're feeling happy. You can't just expect what happened in the first week of you dating. You can't just expect that to happen 10 years later for the past nine years, it's been shit. Yeah. I think it's also knowing that the decision you made in the moment was right for that moment. Because like you said, it's so easy to look back on something and look at it for what it, for the good aspects and then feel like you've made the wrong decision or vice versa. Stay in something and then feel like that was the wrong decision. But in that moment, it's what you thought was right. But I guess if you can continually reflect and like listen to your gut. I mean, I honestly think that we always do get a gut sense. It's just whether we choose to kind of actually explore that or we just kind of dismiss it really easily like i think anyone who's been in a sort of position where a relationship has ended you got a gut sense at some point this might not be right but it's just whether you kind of chose to like think about that seriously or you're like oh like no 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 you just brush it to the side I, I feel like it's very rarely that we just have no idea what's going on it's also those red flags yeah we dismiss them so easily but that's just, also like, a gut feeling thing. i feel like yeah you know something's up he's behaving kind of weird being suspiciously or you're feeling really shit most of the time but you keep dismissing it so that some sort of ideal of you guys playing happy family will continue you know which is really sad because you're working towards a fantasy and those things do happen I believe everyone can be happy but not necessarily with him or with her. Or with anyone. Yeah, you can find it within yourself. Definitely. And I, you should find it within yourself. I think there are different kinds of happiness, like different types. Like, I find that, you know, when I'm with my friends, you know, I find that when with my partner, I find that when I'm with myself alone. I think there are different parts of you that you have to explore. I think a lot of people negate that aspect once they get into a relationship because you know everything becomes about that person more or less the only really sustainable happiness though is the one that you find from yourself i think i guess it's sustainable to your end 
on this earth. It's the most important one, really. It's the one that you should prioritize the most. I think knowing what makes you happy is important too. I don't think many of us do know what actually makes us happy. I really don't think most people know what makes them happy. I don't think a lot of people have hobbies that make them happy. <laughs> I think dancing makes me happy. Like, just going to the club with my friends. <laughs> that makes me happy. I'm not going to lie. But I feel I feel great in those moments. I like just watching Netflix. Just having a wind-down moment. You know, celebrating moments in life that should be celebrated. Eating. Eating makes me happy. no you're right knowing what makes you happy is so important knowing what makes you unhappy is also really important and then being able to communicate those things I make it a point to try and do something when I'm like not feeling like great there's no point wallowing sometimes sometimes Mm -hmm. you might have to go through those emotions you know it's good to process them Mm -hmm. sometimes it's also good to find a way out but I I think you should find the reason so for why you're feeling upset because you're not truly really going to get over it otherwise otherwise you're just putting a plug in it. <laughs> yeah, I love to find out why I'm sad. I also love sending videos to the wrong people <laughs> <laughs> to let the world know that I'm sad. <laughs> it's fun. A legendary self fun pastime. Do what makes you happy, people. Because at the end of the day, we're human beings, not human doings. But um, what should we leave the listeners with? Your little activity. So something that I've, I kind of heard about and I actually tried and I think it was really useful. So if you're someone who's really open to reflection and kind of uncovering patterns it could be a really good idea to kind of write down all the relationships in your life. So the ones where you are making regular contact with people and sort of writing down when you see these people, how it makes you feel, how you would describe these people and sort of like seeing if there there are any patterns. Like after I did this, I realized that a lot of the people that I was giving my time, energy and effort to were just really unreliable, flaky people basically. And I was kind of able to realize that maybe a part of me was just seeking for validation in the wrong places by doing this. So it kind of changed, I guess, the way that I viewed these relationships. And I even, you know, was able to cut people out after sort of realizing those patterns. So that's a task if if anyone wants to do it. You think you'll do it? Okay, I'm lazy with certain... I'm lazy with certain things, but... I agree with you. I do think it would be quite illuminating. And I do have patterns. I know that much. Mm. So I think I will do that. And I think even if it's just people you just hit up. Yeah. They're just there. Those are the people that you should also include. Because those are the patterns that can tell you the most about yourself. Especially if there's like certain types of people that you hit up. It, yeah. You can just learn a lot about yourself through that. And for those of you that are a bit more lazy, like me, sometimes, not most of the time, sometimes, sometimes, um, just get up and go do something that makes you happy today. Just anything. Just do it for you. Not watching Netflix on the couch if that's all you've been doing the whole day. But do something that just gives you joy or a little more in terms of self-realization and 
awareness. Yeah. This has been Brown and Feminist. Thank you for listening.